You're listening to Preaching Source, a ministry of Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary's School of Preaching. I'm your host, Professor Barry McCarty. We're delighted today to have as our guest on Preaching Source, Afshin Ziafat. Uh, what a remarkable testimony he has that he'll share with you in just a moment. He's currently the pastor of Providence Church in Frisco, Texas. As you can hear from the sound of his name, uh, his family is from Iran. Uh, he was born in Houston, but he moved with his family back to their native country of Iran until the Islamic Revolution forced them back out to the United States again when he was age six. Has remarkable testimony. He's a graduate of Southwestern Seminary. And Afshin, we are delighted to have you with us today. Thanks. Honor to be here. Now, I just heard a remarkable testimony that you gave of your life and your entrance, your becoming of Christian and your entrance into the ministry. You gave that to us in chapel today. But would you share just a, an abbreviated version of that for our Preaching Source listeners? Uh, tell us uh, would, just your testimony. Yeah, I would love to. So when, as you said, when we came back when I was six years old because of the revolution, I spoke Farsi, the language of Iran. I didn't speak English. And so in God's uh Providence, there was a uh, tutor that taught me the English language every day by reading me books. And uh, this uh, lady, she was Christian. My family didn't know she was Christian. They were actually paying her to, to teach me English. In the second grade, uh, she said, I've been reading you all these books. Now I want to give you the most important book. And she handed me a small New Testament, which I held on to. And 10 years later, I read that New Testament. And that's how I came to know Christ. Uh, ultimately, because of my family being very prominent Muslims, my dad was very prominent Muslim, so I was scared what would happen if, if they found out that I'd become a Christian. So I hid my faith from them. Uh, finally, my dad found out, and he made me choose between him and Christ. Uh, and everything in me, my flesh, wanted to say, forget it, I'll be a Muslim, because I didn't want to lose my dad. And uh, I say that so you know I'm not boasting. I think it was the power of the Lord speaking through me when I said, Dad, if I have to choose between you and Jesus, then I choose Jesus. And it was shortly after that, and my dad disowned me, and, and shortly after that, that the Lord led me to a passage of Scripture in Matthew 10, where Jesus says, actually, that I've come to turn a man against his father. And if anyone loves his father or mother more than me, is not worthy of me. So, you know, my story is basically learning that there's a cost to following Christ, and that um, not that means, that doesn't mean that we have to earn our salvation. Uh, he's paid the price. It's a free gift. But... What it means is belief isn't just kind of mere mental assent. It's actually a commitment to take up your cross and follow him. And so um, anyways, that's what happened for me. But man, God has been faithful every step of the way. Mm. Now, Afshin, your, your father's a very successful physician, and he had a strong desire that you follow him uh, into medical school and eventually into his practice, but God had something else in mind. Talk to us about how you wrestled with uh, the call to ministry. Yeah, so I went to the University of Texas in Austin and was uh, studying pre-med, and, and that was the plan, is to take over my dad's practice and, and be a doctor. And uh, so my dad, after he disowned me for being a Christian, he took me back kind of on a provisional basis as long as I'd be a doctor, but God called me into ministry, and it was clear. Even my sister wrote me a letter, and in it she really called me out on the carpet and essentially said, you're, you're, you're following Dad and not God, and, and I needed that. And um, so the hardest thing I had to do was to tell my dad, I'm not going to medical school, I'm going to seminary, and, and he again kind of disowned me. And 
I, I came up here to Southwestern. Uh, my church had paid for the first semester's tuition, and um, there's really that's all I had. I had four dollars in my pocket, uh, but man, I came to Southwestern, and God opened door after door. Um, a church in Dallas, Prestonwood Baptist, took me under their wings to be an intern. Uh, a businessman actually paid for my entire seminary degree, and so God just opened door after door. Ultimately, an itinerant ministry for about 12, 13 years as an evangelist. And then uh, six years ago, I started pastoring Providence. Afshin, mm. uh, tell us a bit about your time at Southwestern and, and especially how the school influenced uh, your preaching ministry. Uh, yeah, Southwestern was an incredible time of growth for me. You know, I, I didn't go to, you know, obviously I was raised a Muslim and I didn't go to a Bible college. I went to the University of Texas. So for me, it really was the first time that I was getting a a broad um, understanding of, first of all, church history, um, second of all, even the Word of God and proper hermeneutics and how to study God's Word. And so Southwestern just gave me the tools I needed uh, to do ministry practically. And so uh, for me, I, I would say it was it was a combination of being at seminary and being on staff at a church. And that's what I would always commend to any young minister. If you can couple those two together, it's the best. Uh, because what I was learning in the classroom here at Southwestern, I was able to put into practice uh, in serving at Prestonwood. So uh, for me, yeah, it, it, it gave me the tools so that years down the road, you know, even if I don't have a great understanding of maybe an issue, I knew where to go uh, to get that understanding because of my time here at Southwestern. Afshin, mm. what uh, what's the importance of expository preaching and especially this text-driven method that we teach at Southwestern? Uh, and and uh, a similar question, and also the, what's the value of verse-by-verse exposition through whole books of the Bible? Yeah, I think there's great value. Uh, that's the way we uh, preach. I preach at Providence Church is um, we believe in verse by verse going through a book of the Bible. And I think um, the message I preached this morning at chapel was from Acts 20, where Paul is challenging the Ephesian elders to essentially not shrink back from declaring the whole counsel of God, uh, the whole counsel of God's Word uh, to their people. And and I think uh, that that that's why verse by verse, it kind of keeps me from the temptation of wanting to pick and choose, you know, what I want to preach or maybe what I think people want to hear. Um, and it just makes me say, hey, this is the word, I'm the messenger, and I go over And so it stretches me. So there are times I'm preaching, you know, Romans 11, and what do you do with Israel and, and understanding Israel in Romans 11, or 1 Corinthians, and what do you do with head coverings, and uh, what, what does all that mean? And um, I'm trying to think what else. I mean, you know, really, really difficult passages in the Scriptures. First of all, it stretches me as a preacher. Uh, when I was an itinerant, evangelist, I never had to wrestle with some of those passages. Uh, so it's forcing me to really understand, okay, well, why is this in the Word and why is it important? Um, but I think also for our people um, to get the whole counsel of God's Word is very important. 
Uh, I think a lot of, as I mentioned in Acts, he said there's going to be a lot of people who are going to twist God's word because they want to draw a crowd. And so again, I think the temptation is going to be to avoid the hard things, but it's those hard things that people need to hear um, in order to get the whole counsel of God's word. So, Efshin, right. describe your uh, your sermon preparation process. What what does a typical week look like for you in the development of your own sermons? Yeah, for me, um, one of the things I heard a long time ago, actually, I believe it was Alistair Begg who said this. He said, um, th- uh, let me get the order right, sorry. Um, think myself empty, which basically means you come to the text without going to commentaries or other resources and just marinate in the text and just jot down all your thoughts and ask the Lord to guide you. So think yourself empty, then read yourself full. So then he'll go and study all the commentaries, all the, 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 you know, the works that he thinks would be applicable. Um, then write yourself clear, uh, which you know, when you're writing the sermon, think through transitions and uh, what are the key ideas that you want to really uh, highlight. Write yourself clear. Uh, and that also, I would say, is, you know, making sure that the sermon is lining up with the Scripture. The point of the sermon is the point of, of the Scripture, you know. Uh, and then at the end, he says, uh, pray yourself hot, which I love, uh, because at the end of the day, every time I go up to preach, I, I say, look, um, God, I go by your grace. It's the only way I could stand there. Uh, I go by your power. I know that I can't affect any change. Only you can. And I go for your glory. And that's the last part. After he says, pray yourself hot, then he says, be yourself and then forget yourself. In other words, don't try to sound like somebody else. And then once you've preached, don't go looking around for what people think of your sermon. Forget yourself. So that's kind of what I try to do, honestly. So I start with the text, and I spend time marinating it, jotting down my thoughts, then do do my study, and then I write out my outline. So, What advice would you give to pastors who are ministering in uh, an ethnically diverse environment, uh, and more particularly, uh, what advice would you give to, to pastors who might have the opportunity to reach Muslims who live in their community? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, obviously um, buoyed by the story of my life with um, the, the second grade tutor who didn't see my family as a threat, but saw me as an opportunity and poured herself into me and taught me English and gave me a, a New Testament. I think what I would tell the pastor is your people are uh, in communities all around your city that there are Iranians, there are Muslims, there are people of other faiths coming to them. We don't have to get on a plane to reach the ends of the earth anymore. We just, sometimes we just have to go across the street. So I would really uh, challenge them to get to know that neighbor, invite them into your home. You know, evangelism isn't just going and telling them about Jesus right off the bat. I hope it gets there, but it's inviting them in, letting them know you care, um, asking them, what do they believe? What's important in their life? Um, here's a great question. How can I pray for you? I've never had a Muslim say to me, no, I don't want you praying for me. You're, you're, you're not a Muslim. They'll tell you and you'll get to know what their needs are. And then man, if they're new to our area, how can I help you get assimilated? You know, maybe you don't know how to set up a bank account. Maybe you don't know how to go grocery shopping here. I don't know what it might be, uh, but 
that lady met a real felt need that I had, which was the English language. And so I, I would say, look, pray for that person, invite them in, get to know them, meet, meet a need. Most people are threatened to go and maybe start evangelizing right off the bat. Uh, I would say, can you do those things? And they'll say, yeah, I could do those. And I say, why don't you just start there? And just let God open those doors of, uh, for conversations to come afterwards. So that's really what I would I would really challenge uh, pastors to. So, uh, you know, I, you said something today earlier in chapel that made me think about our our being uh, conscious and and culturally sensitive. I I think when you were in the process of becoming a Christian, that somebody invited you to a crusade. <laughs> Could you speak just a word about that and uh, and your reaction to yeah. being invited to a crusade? Yeah, I'm sitting at a a, a, a football practice, and obviously I know it's not a literal a crusade <laughs> going on where there's Muslims and Christians fighting, but uh, that word just doesn't have a very, very good uh, connotation for me as a former Muslim, or at that time as a Muslim. And so a guy invited me to a crusade. It was an evangelistic crusade. Hey, we come to this crusade with me. And I was like, uh, I'm a Muslim. You're inviting me to a crusade? And he quickly said, oh, no, 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 it has nothing to do with that. There's free pizza there. And so I went. So uh, anyways, uh, yeah, I, you know, I would tell people also on that. I think that a lot of people are afraid. Like, what if I cross a, a first of all, they, if you're here, especially, right, they're in your country. So they're expecting you not to know all their cultural no, norms. I mean, I would say right off the bat, don't invite them over and serve up pork. You know, I mean, that's kind of a, a thing. But even let's say if you did and they came over, um, man, you just you just say, I am so sorry. I did not know that about your culture can I whip up something else? I don't think, I think we put up barriers that aren't there. We think that Muslims would just be so offended and they'd storm out of our, our door if we, um, you know. So I would just say, look, it's good to know some of those things, but at the end of the day, just get to know them. Uh, they're, they're real human beings. And if you make a mistake, you just own up to it and say, I'm sorry, I didn't know that. And, and they'll be fine. So. Uh-huh. That is a wonderful word. Our guest today on Preaching Source has been Afshin Ziafat. He's the pastor of Providence Church in Frisco, Texas. And I hope you will share this podcast with lots of friends uh, because, folks, uh, we need to hear his testimony and hear what he has to say and rise to the challenge of sharing the gospel with the world who is coming to our doorstep. Afshin, mm-hmm. thank you for being with us today. Thanks for having me on, sir. I'm honored.